0: When that wonderful day arrives and we see our bridegroom, we will be fully prepared for that day. Holy fire burn away my desire for anything that is not. Of you, you Thanks for joining us. Let's get started in our study of 1 Peter. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Hope of Our Calling. We are currently moving through the first chapter of 1 Peter, which is jam-packed with many, many um, exhortations, encouragements from the Apostle Peter. So what I did to start off today's study is kind of went back, and as I was reading and rereading the first five verses, I kind of wrote down my own summary, and I want to encourage you to try to do the same thing. It helps to cement the, the truths that Peter is writing to us, uh, not only in our head, but also in our heart. So this is what I wrote, my version of verses one through four, excuse me, one through five. Peter greets a very special group of people, dispersed pilgrims, who are now citizens of heaven, people persecuted because they were elect of God by his foreknowledge, that they would believe and receive the lordship of Christ Jesus over their lives, and in so doing, receive the sanctification process of the Spirit of God. Authorized through the shed blood and resurrection of Jesus. Peter prays for grace and peace to be multiplied to these. He goes on to praise the Lord because of his abundant mercy. Which causes us to have a spiritual rebirth. That gifts us with a living hope based on the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. Gifting us with an inheritance of grace that one day we will rule and reign with the perfect Lamb of God. And in all of this, we obtain an inheritance that cannot be corrupted, it cannot be defiled, and it cannot fade away because it is being reserved for us in heaven. Us who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, by him who alone is faithful, an inheritance ready to be revealed in the last time." So that's my take on the first five verses. Again, I want to encourage you, do this yourself. Read these verses and then write out what you see in those verses. So let's take a look at just a few things as a review before we jump into verse 6. Notice that the very last thing that's spoken of is ready to be revealed in the last time. I use many commentaries so that I can confirm what I believe I am seeing in Scripture. First and foremost, I always use Scripture to confirm Scripture. But then I kind of turn to those who have been been doing this a lot longer than I have, and um, been studying so much more deeply. But one of those is Barnes Notes. And this is what they write. They said, ready to be revealed in the last time. That is, when the world shall close. Then it shall be made manifest to the assembled worlds that such an inheritance was reserved for you and that you were kept in order to inherit it. Now, let's take a look at that inheritance. Think of the nation of Israel. God promised them an inheritance in the land. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon... That have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. How did they receive it? They received it by being in obedience. They conquered a land that God gave them and instructed them to walk in. How do we receive our inheritance in Christ? We will learn, as Peter guides us, how we are to walk in in holiness and obedience to God's word. We are regarded as adopted children of God, and heaven is spoken of as our inheritance. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it reads, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. As the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 17, it says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. First Peter chapter 1 verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith. For salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I like how the complete Jewish Bible says it. It says, Meanwhile, through trusting, you are being protected by God's power for a deliverance ready to be revealed at the last time. Do you see what what Peter is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying through Peter? That, We are kept by the power of God through trusting. And that trusting will deliver us unto our inheritance that will be revealed at the last time. Okay, so let's move on into verse 6, our study for today, the value of our faith. Verses 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. All right, so let's back up. Let's look at verse 6. It says, grieved by trials. Now, I'm sure no one right now is jumping up for joy. Oh boy, oh boy, I get to have trials. Although I do know a pastor that prays for trials because the genuineness of our faith is more precious than gold. So let's take a look at this. Peter mentions trials and suffering many, many times in his epistles. And we just got done reading Romans chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. But I didn't finish verse 17 of Romans 8. I read to you, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. But it concludes with, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. And here's the verse that's really one of my favorites. I consider it kind of one of my tent pegs in my faith walk with the Lord. Verse 18 in Romans chapter 8 says, for I reckon That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Glory that shall be revealed in us. Praise God. Are you hearing what, what Peter is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying through Peter? that there will be a glory that is revealed through us as we walk through our trials, not alone, but with the Lord himself. Do you remember what it says in Psalm 23? It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and will never leave or forsake me. When we grab a hold of that truth and we own it, we receive it, and we hold on to it with every ounce of strength, we get carried from glory to glory, from episode of trial to episode of trial, through suffering onto the next suffering. Think about what Jesus did. Jesus came, God himself came to his creation, born of a virgin, walked this earth healing feeding raising from the dead and then when he was accused unrighteously he went in the garden of gethsemane he knew they were coming he stood his ground and said who are you seeking i am he and he allowed himself to be bound and taken to be beaten, to be shredded, to be mocked, to be spit on, to be tortured, to be questioned, to having to drag a beam through Jerusalem to his own crucifixion, and then to be nailed to a cross, bloodied and bruised. And yet what's the first thing he said? Father, forgive them. They know not What they do. Saints, do you understand that we don't know what we're doing? Therefore we need God's revelation that comes through His Word, encouraging us, instructing us, His Spirit guiding us into all truth in order to walk through a world that is consumed with sin and has turned their back on God's holiness, not understanding. The blessings they are shunning. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So as we walk through our trials and our tribulations, God is growing a glory. Something that will bring him glory through our lives. It's amazing. That's the point here. Glory. His glory with the side effect of an abundant life for us. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9, it says that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Now, we've already established that God's sovereign and has a plan, and he's had it since before time began, and that we're a part of this plan. Note that in these verses, it says, if need be, because the Lord knows what we have need of. There are different trials that we go through. Trials that are meant to discipline us, to chasten us as a father chastens his child. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, it says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. God is about growing us spiritually. We just read it in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I reckon the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Kay Smith once told us, I have never gone through a trial yet that I haven't learned something about God and about myself. Embrace the trials that we go through with the knowledge that God is in control. We've also talked about not only God's sovereignty, but we've also talked about sanctification, the process by which we are fitted for heaven. Our trials are preparing us for service and ministry yet to come. I love reading the Life Application Study Bible because it gives me a deeper understanding of the word, but it also gives me application, which is what we want to draw from God's word, right? It says, All believers face such trials. We must accept trials as part of the refining process that burns away impurities and prepares us to meet Christ. As gold is heated, impurities float to the top and can be skimmed off. Likewise, our trials, struggles, and persecutions refine and strengthen our faith and draw us closer as well as make us useful to God. Instead of asking, why me? We should respond to suffering with a new set of responses, confidence, Perseverance and courage. Confident that God knows God's plan and God directs our lives for the good. It's hard to to figure this out sometimes, but God always provides his love and strength for us. God leads us toward a better future. Perseverance. When facing grief, anger, sorrow, and pain, We express our grief, but we don't give in to bitterness or despair. Courage. Because with Jesus as brother and Savior, we need not be afraid. He who suffered for us will not abandon us. Jesus carries us through everything. Back to verse 7. That the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, glory, and revelation at Jesus Christ. Again, K. Smith once told us, These tests are not sent or allowed to make us fall, but to make us soar, to make us fly above them, to make us as the eagles. They are not to defeat us, but that we might defeat them. They are not sent to make us weaker, but to make us stronger. They are used to remove the impurities from our life, which weaken us and make us unusable. Just as gold has its impurities removed by being put through the fire, So we have our impurities removed through the testing that we go through. Any impurity in gold keeps it from reflecting as it ought to reflect, and it also weakens the gold. It used to be that the refiner kept putting the gold through the fire until he could see his reflection in it. There's a question to consider. Does the world see Jesus' reflection in us? Do we? Do you wonder why you're in the fire of testing today? Maybe there's some impurity there, some dross that God is trying to bring out. Now, a lot of the trials that we go through, we could look at and say, it's not our fault, we didn't originate them. And many times, yes, they do come from the enemy of our soul. But the refiner, the Lord God, allows us to go through these testings over and over and over again until he sees his reflection in us. Whether it is the pressure of the potter's hand or the heat of the silversmith's crucible, the outcome is the same. The refinement of the masterpiece by the master's hand that we might be found to praise, honor, and glory, his glory, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In First Chronicles chapter 16, starting at verse 29, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Saints, do you realize that's the direction we're heading in? We sh- we're supposed to be heading in. Holiness. King David, when he writes this, is in the midst of worshiping and praising God for bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And he's reminding the people of all that the Lord has done. And he's exhorting them to cleanse themselves from all unrighteousness. For to have intimacy with God, we must be holy as he is holy. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, Peter exhorts, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? God's plan is to offer us not only redemption, but sanctification and holiness. All trials, all tribulations, all chastenings of the Lord are designed for one purpose, that we might be holy as he is holy and thus be found to the praise and the honor and glory of God. When that wonderful day arrives and we see our bridegroom, we will be fully prepared for that day. This is the value of our faith. The genuineness of our faith is drawing us to that final day at the revelation of Jesus Christ. To all of creation, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, and they will see the glorifying plan that he's had through those who have turned their lives over to his headship. Verse 8, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Question, are you rejoicing in all that you are going through so that you may learn more of God and of Jesus and of your inheritance? Turn to John chapter 20, starting at verse 24. It says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, who was not with them when jesus came the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord but he said unto them except i see in his hands the print of the nails and put my fingers in the prints of the nails and thrust my hand into his side i will not believe do you know anybody like that are you like that Verse 26, And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Just a side note here. God pays attention. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. A bit later, we're going to spend some time in Hebrews chapter 11, a chapter in the Bible known as the Hall of Faith. I'd encourage you to go ahead and read through it so that when we get there, you're a little bit more familiar with it. But in that great hall of faith, we'll see this list of saints that loved God passionately, never seeing the fulfillment of their faith, but they overcame the world and its lusts through their faith. They honored God because they loved him, and in that love, they knew him. One of my other favorite verses is Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith demands trust. When we trust God, when we choose to trust God, remember in Joshua twenty four fifteen. Choose this day who you will serve. Everything that comes across our path in the, into our lives is the opportunity to exercise trusting God. Our faith comes from love, the love we received at Calvary. It causes us to recognize that great need that we had, that great price that was paid to fill that need. At the moment we realized the wretchedness of sin and the great chasm that we could not leap over to get into heaven because of our sin and that God himself, as the man Jesus, paid the fulfillment of that debt. The wages of sin is death. Jesus paid it all. When we realized that, we repented and we asked for the Lord Jesus to be our Savior, to be the Redeemer, and also to be the Lord of our life. At that moment, we experienced spiritual rebirth. We were reconnected with God the Father. And through his Spirit, we were given guidance. And our love grows daily. Question. Are you in love with the Lord? Have you fallen in love with the Lord Jesus? In John chapter 14, verse 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Do you understand, loved ones? You cannot Jump that chasm. You cannot enter the kingdom of God in your unholiness. There has to be a reckoning. There was a reckoning at Calvary. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him should not perish. In the book of Revelation At the end of your Bibles, we see the risen and the ruling Christ speaking to the churches in the first few chapters. In chapter 2, he is specifically speaking to the church of Ephesus. It was a great church that was doing a multitude of things, good things for the kingdom of God. However, in verse 4, it says, But I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love a chastening to the church that it's not about works that any man should boast. It's about love, loving God, which will produce the good works, as the book of James says. It's about loving the brethren. They will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. It is the love of God that drives us with a hope into our future through every present situation, it causes a living hope in every born-again believer, which should be an exceeding joy. Check yourself. Have you received the joy of the Lord? Have you received the truth of our inheritance? Have you received that living hope through his spirit, confirming with our spirit, we are children of God? Our future is sure, and we will be taken from glory to glory through every situation, every trial, every tribulation, and every suffering. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord, even if our life is taken. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is our exceeding joy. And finishing out today's study, verse 9 receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I said it last week. There was a song that I wrote, and it started with, Oh, the blessedness of being conquered. Our flesh continually wars against the Spirit of God in us. It, As the Apostle Paul said in Galatians, it's going to stay there. It's going to be there. It's going to be our faith, our choosing to follow Christ that helps us to soar above our problems. By faith, we walk in his spirit. And we resist the devil and all of his attacks through faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ by faith. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 12 says rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which went before you. Next week we're going to look at those prophets. We're going to get a deeper understanding of our brothers and sisters in the faith who went before us but had a great faith and received the great reward. Till next week, be blessed. For more information about Kendra Martin and Hope of Our Calling, you can email her at kendramartinministries at gmail.com or visit the website at www.hopeofourcalling.org.